everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Impossible Until Possible podcast. Today I am super, super excited to host Neely Khan and she is just doing amazing things with her copywriting skills right now and specifically in my favorite industry, the short-term rental sector. So uh, first and foremost, Neely, welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I... um. I think I did put on my description that you are possibly one of the most humblest people I've ever come across. And I know I've only known you a short time, but you are so calm and collected and very well-spoken and everything just seems to, you have a nice aura about you. And I, and I absolutely love that. Um, so listen, for the audience, um, you've got an amazing skill set. We'll dive into that soon, but just, just give them a bit of background about, you know, who, who is Neely, what's she all about, where she come from and, and kind of what are you doing today? Thank you. So you'll have to excuse me because even though people have asked me this question a few times, I have trouble with condensing it, but I'll try and make it as short as I can. Um, So it's still sort of punchy and interesting. So my name is Neely and the best way to describe myself is to start off by saying that I'm a writer. I'm a writer because I've always wanted to be a writer. I was one of those annoying kids in school when they used to get asked what they wanted to be when they grow up in, you know, in class when your teachers used to ask you. I was that annoying kid who always knew from day dot what it what it was that I wanted to do. So I decided to pursue a career in writing full time about five years ago. Three years ago, I decided to niche into hospitality and travel purely because I've always worked in hospitality. I'm naturally quite an introverted person, but I found that the hospitality industry exercised like a different part of my personality and I found that my passion and when I say passion I really don't use that term loosely it really is the one thing that I just absolutely adore for writing and storytelling actually serves the hospitality industry which is of course made up of people and relationships more than anything else really really well so um, I quit my last full-time job um, about four or five years ago um, with no plan Um, which was probably not the best thing to do, um, just to kind of give it a good go. Um, And I set up my business nearly there. And I think in the last two years is where I've really seen sort of some predominant change, um, where I've been working with leading, I would say, hospitality and travel and short-term rental, specifically companies, helping them tell not only their brand stories, but their clients and their guests' brand stories And the end goal is just to help them connect and create better relationships with their audiences so that their audiences return to their brand and spend money with their brand more and more often. So it's all about relationship building, playing the long long game, but um, hoping that pays off. Yeah, no, I think, um, listen, I think we're both massive advocates of hard work and also marketing. So Mm -hmm. I think... um, Touching on the the hard work part first, because uh, I think it's super important for any uh, business owner. And most of the listeners are entrepreneurs, and they're they're wanting to they're either running their own businesses or they're running a side hustle, which will be their their business eventually. You mentioned there about you left work and you quit, and um, what was the the feeling around it at the time, and how do you feel about it now? 
I know what you're going to say, but I'd like the listeners to. Uh... <laughs> I'm predictable already. <laughs> no, that's a really good question. I mean, it feels like such a long time ago. Um, at the time, I had very recently become a single parent. And um, I don't mean to jump on that bandwagon, but that was a very um, important part of my decision and my journey. And the situation I was in, I could have very easily been victimized, I think. And um, that was something that I really didn't want to do. So part of the reason was because I wasn't feeling very fulfilled in my job. I was doing front of housework. Um, I enjoyed it. I loved it. But I knew deep down it wasn't my, you know, my life's calling. And the the other reason and perhaps the bigger reason was that um all the money I was making was going into childcare. I was never getting to spend time with my daughter. Um, I wasn't getting to tuck her in at night because I was doing so many late nights. And I just kept thinking to myself, when she's older, you know, I keep trying to teach her and people around me about the importance of doing what makes your heart and your soul feel good. So if I'm not doing that for myself, then that just makes no sense. So as airy-fairy as it sounds, at the time, I don't think I felt scared. I was really quite excited um, and very maybe ignorant to the challenges that were ahead of me. Maybe that's why I wasn't scared. I don't know. And it literally was a case of I woke up one morning and I thought, I don't want to do this anymore. So I went into work and I very sort of politely and respectfully said, you know, this has been great, but I'm not going to come back tomorrow. Um, and that was it. And then the next day I wrote a story about it and shared it on Facebook, as you do. And yeah, that was that. So, and that was the start of the career. So, oh, the yeah. hospitality connection would you say that's what has led you down the hospitality path? I know one of your first major gigs was with one of our good friends, Chris, and um, you know, helping him with his whole IPRAC movement, which I'm a big, you know, fan of and an ambassador for. And, um, you know, would you is do you think that that, that pushed you into the hospitality game because you previously worked there? Or is it just that was part of the passion as well? Yeah, definitely. So I've always loved hospitality. I got my um my very first job was in hospitality. So I was studying um in Cambridge for university, and um I you know I kind of needed some part time work, and I happened to, my first job happened to be in hospitality. And like I said before, it really exercised a different part of my personality, and I realised that actually I really quite liked speaking to people and having conversations and sort of being in that environment. So I knew from the get-go that hospitality, if there was any other industry I wanted to work in, it would be hospitality. So shortly after I sort of formed that niche, I was very, very lucky. It's like when people say you should be in the right place at the right time. And that is literally what happened. Um, I was posting a lot on social media at the time. I was trying my best to utilize the skills that I had I'm quite lucky that my my main skill is actually extremely useful when it comes to marketing you know my own services so I was sharing lots of posts at the time and Chris Morn of IPRAC and AES events happened to see one of those articles on LinkedIn and he sent me a LinkedIn message to say um it was basically something along the lines of I like what you've written why don't you come up to Cannes and write a travel publication for me and, you know, I'll take care of, you know, I'll make sure you get paid for it. Obviously, it's not like a freebie or anything like that. And I thought that was so bizarre. Um, and considering the fact that, you know, up until that point, I'd spent many, many months um, living on like instant noodles and stuff and just having the most interesting kind of luck. So when Chris sent me that message, I thought, you know, it was somebody taking the mick. Um, 
I think he was having me on. Um, I tried looking him up online and I, you know, tried to stalk him online and stuff. And everybody said to me that it sounded like a prank. They were like, why would somebody message you and invite you to the south of France for free so you can write a travel publication? It kind of sounds like the dream project. But I thought, you know what? I literally have nothing to lose at this point. So I borrowed a suitcase from my sister. I borrowed some money, some spending money. Um, so, you know, I had money to eat while I was up there and stuff. And then I went and the next day, Chris arranged to meet me at a place called um, New York, New York. And that's when I met him. And that's when I realized that actually he's real. <laughs> and it was the best, it was the best, best start I could have asked for. And I owe a lot of where I am now to that meeting with Chris 100%. I keep going on about it, but I cannot emphasize enough what a big part of my journey that's been. And not just because of the opportunity, the physical opportunity that it provided, the emotional support. And I found Chris's story really inspiring. And I just found that I needed to hear that in that moment because I was very close to kind of giving up maybe at that stage, not giving up, but kind of losing sort of confidence in myself because it had been really hard Mm -hmm. up until that point. Yeah, and I think that's super important when you are building businesses out. You know, it is, it's so hard to get them off the ground and there's a lot of work that goes in behind the scenes that no one really sees. And you do need those support networks, you know. You just need to, you know, as you say, just one conversation could just, you know, keep the mindset in the right place and just keep you plowing in the right direction. And, mm-hmm. you know, had you not experienced that conversation, you know, you you might not have, you know. And it is it is about the network of people that you put around you and, um you know, it it is quite funny that you've more than likely thought Chris was some sort of pimp or something like that, trying to get you down to South Africa. We still laugh about it now. It's just so funny. You know, I only recently told him that's what I actually thought. And he thought it was so funny. I didn't really have the courage to tell him before that, you know, I didn't I didn't quite believe him when he first sent me that message. <laughs> so let's dive into some practical advice for everyone. Um you know, I think marketing and um, it's something that you have to do every single day in your business. I know uh, a mentorship I was previously on, they, you know, famously said, you know, money follows attention and yeah. you need to get attention and, and and it will, you know, suck the money in and, and mm-hmm. then obviously you can do great things with that. So for me, I've, um, I probably do and have done since the start of my business minimum I try and do is two to three hours worth of marketing. That was when I started the whole thing up myself. Now mm-hmm. I've got a full suite of um, executives and things like that that help me and you know provide you know great value to to be able to mean that we can do it all day every day. Uh, what would be your your starting your business? Um, you know what would be your main advice to anybody that's maybe not marketing focused or marketing orientated but really needs to 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 understand it to be able to move that business forward yeah okay so i think i'm going to talk about it largely from a content perspective because that's um a large part of marketing and obviously where my strengths lie um i think the biggest advantage for me when i started out and i think this is you know great advice moving forwards is that i actually had I don't think I'd read a single business book and had very little um, technical business business know-how. Now, obviously, that's very, very important. I'm not saying that, you, you know, people shouldn't go out and do those things. But because I didn't have an idea in my mind of what businessy marketing posts and writing should look like, 
I naturally didn't fall into the trap of using a lot of the regurgitated type of content. And I mean this with the greatest of respect. I don't come from a heavy business background. I come from a very academic background and I come from a very creative background. When it comes to creating content, when it comes to creating memorable content, and this is the reason why I love stories so much, I think the most important step um, is knowing what you're actually writing about and who you're writing for. I know it sounds really basic, but when I tell people that um, I'm a writer, a lot of the time, what people don't realize is that I probably spend about 20% of my time actually writing. The other 80%, I am either reading or getting inspired or trying to learn things or trying to get into the, the right mindset. A lot of people call me um, a wordsmith and they say that I have a way with words. Um, I disagree. I think the best writers and the best content creators they have a way with feelings. They understand feelings. They understand concepts. They understand the psychology behind things. They understand how people's emotions work. And then they use words as a tool to almost refashion what people think. I know it sounds quite deep um, and like I'm maybe getting too much into it, but that's just how I am as a person. So I think before you even think about typing anything, when it comes to promoting yourself, your business and your services, get a really, really good idea of what it is that you're actually promoting. Understand your niche, your skill as best as you can. Some people say this isn't important. I think it is personally. It's just my personal opinion. I think the more you know and the, the, more, the better you are at communicating that, the more likely you are to stand out. I'm a big believer in the quality of somebody's work just speaking for itself. And I think you can then afford to, you know, you can feel comfortable only when you're in that place and you know that you're really, you know, when we talk about being an authority in your space, being a thought leader, there has to be a certain kind of finesse and remarkability um, and difference in the content that you create. So find out what that difference is for yourself, for your business. Definitely don't, don't skip on that step. You know, we're in such a noisy world where people are just, always producing content and stuff. It's very easy to get lost in the noise, but I would definitely focus on the quality and um, know who it is that you're creating content for. I'm not sure if that answers your question very well. I feel yeah, like. yeah, no, no, it absolutely does. And I think, um, you know, for me, it just brings me back to my moment five years ago when, you know, I was just, you know, not in the best mind space and, you know, everything was just getting on top of me and I was mindlessly flicking through Facebook and a ad popped up and the guy on the ad was, I was like, are you reading my mind? Like, because they obviously just emotionally connected with every wow. bit of pain that was going on at that point. And I was like, I just got to do this. You know, I've yeah. got to take action. And mm -hmm. I think, you know, that's hopefully what you, you've been trying to, you know, get across in that message there is that if you can get that connection, then you're mm -hmm. far more likely to increase your conversion rate or get the phone ringing or get a, a DM in your, mm -hmm. in your messenger inbox or whatever it might be, than you know, just posting out, this is my services, you know, this is my services, you know, yeah. rather than, you know, as you say, telling the story around the service and then linking it back to how it can mm -hmm. solve the problem. I know. Um, you've probably no doubt, you know, big fan of Donald Miller and his story brand talent and things like that. I think he has quite a nice framework the way he does it. And again, it is about telling stories and, you know, get that across in your marketing. 
how much um, time would it take you to normally write an article or does that vary quite quite dramatically? Um, I think it, I mean, for me, it varies. I think it would vary for any um, writer of any capacity. Um, it's the biggest reason why people say you shouldn't, you know, writers shouldn't charge uh, per word uh, because sometimes the smallest piece of content can take you the greatest amount of time. So, for example, I do a lot of technical report writing and I do a lot of creative writing too. So I do a lot of fictional storytelling and poetry and things like that. So just to give you like um, an example, if I am do working on, say, um, a journalistic piece and it's a technical report and it's hard facts and statistics, if I, al if I already have that research at hand, then purely because of my experience and because I've done it so many times, I suppose things like that wouldn't take me as long. But there is this very um, common misconception where people feel that professional writers are able to whip stuff out really, really quickly. I think actually the better you are as a writer, the longer sometimes it takes you because mm -hmm. you tend to sort of be a little bit more meticulous with everything that you create. Something like a social media post, obviously, um, that would take me maybe five minutes on my phone just because of the way my brain is wired, I find that a lot easier to do. I'm working on a project at the moment, which is made up of a collection of short stories. Each story is about 300 words long, so it's about half a page, um, and it's fictional. They're written in the style of fables, and one story takes me around a week to write, if I'm honest, because I'll think of the ideas, and then I'll think of the theme, I'll think of like the semantic fields, what kind of language I want to use, you know, then I'll edit it and make sure that every word that's in that piece, you know, actually needs to be there. So it really, really depends on how I'm feeling, what that post is, and yeah, what it's actually for. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I think people probably underestimate the power of copywriting. You know, a mm. lot of people spend money on funnels, they'll spend money on paid ads and, you know, nice graphics. But, you know, they probably underplay, I think, copywriting until they get serious with business. Um, you know, I've used a lot of copywriters predominantly over the last year, year and a half. And, um, you know, it, it's something that I know is fundamental to the more the more we use the copywriting, the the more we get on the back, the more response we get. Because, as you say, they just know they just have a way with words that they, they can connect with the audience when they know what the audience is they can connect so well with it and it's yeah. it's an amazing amazing skill set that i think is massively underestimated in the marketing world um so you know i do applaud you for what you do and your skill set i have avidly followed you behind the scenes and been reading your stuff as it pops up and you know it's all it's all very very good and um you know so it brings me on to i recently saw you in a recording booth with uh good old mark simpson and his book um so do you want to, I'll, I'll give Mark a little plug for that. I know his book's out soon. I think, uh, I think it, I'm going to have him on the podcast just before. How was that working with Mark? And, you know, is that one of the first big books you've kind of worked on? And I know I want to come on to your books. I did see that you mentioned the other day you're going to be a published author this year. So we can touch base on that as well. Yeah. So oh, Mark's, Mark's like the best person to work with. He's great. Mark, um, he is... The reason why Mark is so great to work with and, you know, is a real example within our industry is that he has the skills, the technical know-how, the experience, 
but then he has the right attitude as well. He is such a, you can just tell from the get-go that he's worked in hospitality because just of the way he is with people. And that, for us, when, when he asked me to help him with his book, to edit his book, um, we knew from the get-go that that was something that really had to come across in the Book to Write Playbook. So working with Mark on his book, so the Book to Write Playbook is quite different from and any other sort of a business um, marketing book in the sense that it's not written to be read from beginning to end. It's written for somebody like Mark, actually, who's always on the go, who just wants to open up a page of a book, um, absorb a little bit of information, and then, you know, just put it back down and then maybe revisit the book a little bit later, later on in the day. However, we've also written it in a way where if somebody like me wants to read the book from beginning to end, they can do that too, which was probably the most complicated part when it came to structuring the book. Um, we've used a large part of his personality and his passions and his goals. There's a really nice link to soccer throughout the entire book. So people almost feel like they're having a conversation with Mark when they're reading it. So when we started working on the project, Mark produced this epic manuscript in the space of something ridiculous, like three months. And I remember saying to him that he was going to put me out of a job if he starts telling people that he's written a book in three months. Um, he sent the manuscript to me. And by this point, Mark and I had already had quite a lot of back and forth. So I know Mark quite well. I like to get to know everybody I work with. Um, I don't work with very many people at one time, but the people I do work with, I like to have a good relationship with them. So when Mark sent me the manuscript, I already had a good idea of how it needed to sound, how I could help him leverage his voice. And it was just a really nice, smooth, fluid process. And I think that's the best way to work. There's mm -hmm. a lot of trust in our relationship, um, which I really, really appreciate. I think there has to be a level of trust when you're working with a writer there wasn't any like micromanaging, you know, it was just lovely. And in the same way, I trusted him if he wanted to make any changes, you know, he could just go off and do so. So I'm really excited to see uh, the launch of it on the 2nd of Feb. Um, yeah, really, really excited. It is the first big book that I've worked on. So it's been a great opportunity for me as well. And did that inspire you to, are you going to write a book? Is, is that where the published author bit comes from, I guess? But um, has that inspired you to do that or were you going to do that anyway? I've certainly been inspired by Mark. I think Mark's motto of done is better than perfect is um, has been really sort of, yeah, it's been really important to me because I'm quite a detail-orientated person and I tend to put things off um, because of the quality. And Mark has taught me that actually sometimes it's just better to just push yourself and get stuff done. So definitely he's inspired me in that way. Um, the book that I'm working on for myself that's coming out this year has actually been, I think, maybe three and a half years in the making. So it's something right. that um, we started a while ago. And um, because it's a collection of short stories, I think you can see in the book, um, it's not about me. I didn't want my, um, you know, my first piece of creative writing to be about me. It's more about other people. And I hope people will be able to find that they can relate to the stories. But that particular project it's not something I really stuck a deadline to it's something that I thought you know it's something that I like doing it's very much um, like a passion project obviously as you can imagine my biggest dream in the world is to be a published author so um, I have no shame in admitting that it's 100% <laughs> you know, the biggest goal ever so now that I can actually see it happening 
is really, really exciting. But it's been amazing working with Mark and also working on my own book because I've been able to sort of use some of the lessons that I've learned with him along the way. Superb, superb. I mean, it's, um, you know, it's an incredible journey and I think it's been a, a quite a quick two years for you since leaving mm. your hospitality job. And um, I know like the, the kind of circles and the networks do, you know, everyone says it, you know, you've, you've got to improve your network if you want to improve your business. Yeah. And I know that's the same for me. And I know you're starting to get passed around, I would say the, you know, the <laughs> short, you know, which only comes from, you know, great recommendations because you've done great jobs, you know, and that's ultimately how we met, you know, Mark was like, you, you've got to speak to her, you know, and I know obviously. And so I guess um, the future is only good for, for you i know that and um i do believe that um you know you will be doing great things and we'll do great things this year and you'll definitely get that published author status that's for sure i know yeah. that much but um when your book is uh due for launch we'll get you back on and um and you can give us a bit more details about it just before we wrap up because i know you are busy um how can people get hold of you um how can they check out some of your work you know where do you where do you tend to hang out on social media so the best way to find me and contact me is definitely on LinkedIn. That's where I tend to hang out the most. Just search Neely Khan. There's there's not very many Neely Khans on LinkedIn, so you should be able to find me quite easily there. If you do like um, creative writing, poetry and pose, again, Neely Khan on Instagram is like my online scrapbook of all my creative work and where I share a lot of my behind the scenes stuff. And Facebook, Neely Khan, I'm on there as well, too. I do have a website. It's um, www.neelythere.co.uk, but we should probably write that down somewhere where we can. So, uh, <laughs> we'll get that in the show. We'll get that in the show notes. Is probably, yeah, the two best places. Superb. Listen, I appreciate your time as always, and um, thank you for being an amazing guest. Thank you for your time. I really appreciate it. Take care. Thanks, Ryan. <laughs>